morning, everybody. Um, some of y'all are familiar faces. I've been here a couple times before. It's good to be back. Um, but to those of you who don't know me, my name is Micah Bournet. I'm from Long Beach, California, and I do poetry, spoken word poetry. And I'm going to share a couple pieces and a couple stories with you this morning. Um, this first poem, um, uh, it was it was written after something that was supposed to be a celebration, uh, but it wasn't. It didn't quite feel that way. <laughs> um, a few years ago, when when Barack Obama was still president, he made an announcement uh, that Harriet Tubman was going to replace Andrew Jackson on the face of the $20 bill. Um, it still hasn't happened yet. It's still supposed to happen. Um, but it was interesting because there was a lot of celebration, especially in the black community. And I remember getting on Facebook and seeing a lot of my black friends post statuses, just rejoicing. And they're like, man, I cannot wait to go to the bank. Like, let me get $300, all Tubmans, please. And uh, <laughs> And I, I thought that was cool and that was funny, but at the same time, to be honest, when I heard the news, I felt a strange tension about it. It seemed like a weird way to honor a woman like her. But I couldn't figure out why. I couldn't really find the words as to why I wasn't celebrating in the same way. It was kind of bittersweet, and if I'm honest, it was more bitter than sweet. And then a few years later, I ended up coming across this article, and I read the article, and, and things finally clicked. I'm like, this is, this is why I can't really celebrate this. So that's where this first poem comes from. It's titled, Lament for Mother Tubman. The median net worth for non-immigrant African-American households in the greater Boston region is eight dollars. The median net worth was $247,500 for whites, the color of wealth in Boston. A 2015 report by the Federal Reserve Bank of Boston, Duke University, and the New School. America promises to print Harriet Tubman on a $20 bill a cruel and unusual honor. Let the faces of greed remain on their guard. Give Caesar what belongs to Caesar, but keep my mama out your filthy palms. Remember what happened when this nation literally tokenized Sacagawea in fake gold? Remember how indigenous people still live in squalor? You can't blackface a dollar and call it reparations. Newly bred Tubmans crammed into privileged wallets, sardined in bank vaults like the hulls of slave ships. Businessmen pass a pimp a stack of Harriets to rape a teenage sex slave with African hips, while Mother Tubman's daughters and sons struggle to keep the heat on. In Boston, a black father dies after decades of wanting to. New England's bitterness finally froze his will to hope. He left his family a modest inheritance, a suicide note apology, $8, and a special edition Celtics jersey. In Boston, a black mother dies after decades of refusing to. 
After freedom marches in protest, after cancer stole both breasts, after spending her savings on saving herself, she leaves her daughter a closet full of church hats, an award-winning cornbread recipe, and a family Bible with $8 hidden in Philippians 4.19. My God will supply every need. America really believes they're doing us a favor, painting our faces on their dreams, writing in God we trust on this blasphemous economy, assigning net worth to human beings. Life ought to be priceless, but only the breath of the highly appraised gets protected. No wonder this nation considered us more useful as slaves. Capitalism ascribes an $8 value to free black lives. If Mother Tubman was alive today, she would need two and a half selves before she was worth the weight of her very own bill. You know, the, the, reason, the reason that news was bittersweet to me, because it was like, you know, Harriet Tubman was a criminal. There was money on her life. She was breaking the law by stealing property and taking them to freedom, right? Um, and slavery was driven by greed, by money, by capitalism. Is that the best way to honor a woman? Oh, let's honor Harriet Tubman. Let's make her the face of money. <laughs> That's just, it's, a weird, it's weird to me. <laughs> I don't hate it, but it's weird. And, and it just made me think, what would be a better way to really honor people who we have oppressed and realize that was a problem and then to, to truly change and truly repent and truly honor? That was a, that was a challenge uh, and something I'm still thinking about. Even as a black person, you know, it's like, how do I really honor the legacy of folks who came before me and fought for justice. Um, I want to share one more poem, but I want to tell another story. So this is a book called Fight Evil with Poetry that I didn't write it, but I did edit it. I helped put it together. I have three poems in here. Um, and it's 30 different poets from a lot of different backgrounds and worldviews, and we're all writing about issues of justice. And so, yeah, most of them are just my friends. And if you like buy it online, it goes to charities. And so in, in a very real way, it's like we're selling poems and giving it to fight evil in this world, which is cool. But I want to tell you a little bit about this phrase and what happened with it. It, it came from something else. But in order to promote this, we, we ended up making T-shirts and posters. And, and your quotes, especially the one uh, by Gandhi, really reminded me of this story. Uh, so, so we made these T-shirts and posters. And I'm walking around with Fight Evil with Poetry on my chest, right? And um, I travel a lot for, for my work. And, and as I'm on airplanes, and as I'm going out um, to different places, and even when I'm home in Long Beach and just going to lunch or going grocery shopping, people would see this shirt. And they had really fascinating responses to it. People would see the shirt, I kid you not, especially on airplanes, be like, oh, Fight Evil with Poetry. Are you a poet? And I was like, yeah, I'm a poet. That's amazing. Oh, my gosh. You know, I used to write poetry when I was younger. And then they start talking about 
their poetry, and poetry is often vulnerable. So then they start talking about what they used to write about, and next thing you know, they're pouring their whole life story out to me. Or, oh man, you know, even if people who didn't write poetry, oh, that's so cool, poetry is so important, you know, art is so important. It's, I'm so glad to, 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 to meet someone who's doing that with their life. And, and again, we get to talking, and I talk about the things I like to write about, and suddenly in, a, another person, time and time and time and time again, people just pouring their life out to a complete stranger because I have a shirt that says I'm a poet. Now, the thing that fascinated me about that these folks did not know me at all. But because they saw my shirt that said, fight evil with poetry, in their minds, the identity of a poet was a safe person, a good person. Even people who don't write poetry, someone tells you they're a poet, you're like, oh, wow, that's, you know, like, that's so, you must be sensitive and deep and smart and caring and, you know, like, that's how I was. Like, I could be a terrible person, right, just because I have this shirt on. But it was amazing to me. There was this assumption that if you, if you are a poet, then you're good. Then I can trust you. That I can pour my heart out to you, and you won't judge me. That's what was happening because of a t-shirt. And it really made me think, this is awesome. But I also thought, man, what would happen if I had a shirt that said, I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. Like the reaction I was getting was the reaction we wish we would get as Christians, right? Oh, you're a Christian. You must be safe. You must be loving. You must care for me because we, I'm not a Christian, but I know about Christians. But we know that's not how it is. You're a Christian. I'm good. I'm not going to talk to you. If I tell you anything, you're probably going to judge me, right? So it was really interesting, and it made me realize, like, man, can we be different than what Gandhi observed. I love your Christ. I hate your Christians. Well, he didn't say hate. I don't like your Christians, right? It's like, man. And I think there's a lot of ways to do that. But how, again, how do we honor people who have been hurt in general and then also by the church to where we can shift that assumption and start getting reactions like to fight evil with poetry shirt gets. I think it's possible. And I think part of that is by leaning into our creativity. Because even if you're not an artist or a painter or a singer, every single one of y'all is creative. And we really lean into those gifts and whatever you're good at to incorporate creativity into it and, and, and color, you know, and beauty and art, I think things will change. And maybe folks will respond a little differently to us as believers. So I want to, with that, read one more poem out of, out of this, and I have some of uh, these books with me as well. If you're interested, I'll have them after the service. But, um, but back to the Harriet Tubman thing, you know, poverty, and it's, it's not in isolation. It's mixed in with racism and other things that has always been a part of America's narrative. I think that's part of the reason why I was so frustrated, because Harriet Tubman is going to be on the face of money, and to this day, $8. That's the median net worth for the average black or the, of the fam black families in the region of Boston, in the Boston region, city, and surrounding areas. Eight versus 247500 for white people. 
that's not just a matter of y'all worked way harder than us. <laughs> when it's $8 versus $247,000 as a median net worth, that's institutional. That's systematic. That's on purpose. There is no way that all black people in Boston are just that much lazier than all white people in Boston. That doesn't make any sense. And it's not just Boston, because I grew up in Long Beach, California. And you go to any major city in this nation, you go to the poor side of town, it's usually the black side of town. And it ain't because we're lazy. This poem is um, about my mama. It's called Manna. Yesterday, me and mama drove past what used to be McDonald's, one with a plastic tube playground for kids. At eight years old, it was Disneyland. It was out of space. It was heaven. It was somewhere I always hoped to go. The golden arches had disappeared. The pearly gates fell off the hinges, windows covered with plywood. No children at play. I reminisced. Remember when them burgers cost 29 cents on Tuesdays? Yes, Mama worshipped. God did it. Just for me. Offering praise for the way she could feed six kids and herself with two dollars and some change. God did it. God created McDonald's with that microwave test tube meat. Made it cheap so the babies could eat. To hell with anyone who says fast food shouldn't accept EBT. Mickey D's is why I'm alive. You can't get one leaf of lettuce for 29 cent. God did it. Just for me. Just for my mama. And it broke my heart to know that we were so po. Poison tasted like a miracle. Manna from heaven. Thirsty souls drink dirty water with gratitude. Hungry hearts eat crumbs that fall from tables of the rich. Call it grace. And I can't decide if I should shake my fist at the heavens or second mama's praise with an amen. <laughs>